Hello, my name is Christine Dison, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Artist Project. Today, I'm with Shalonda Sharp. She's committed to creating and supporting equitable work environments through dynamic, practical, and engaging training and development. Shalonda has the expertise and experience to translate organizational vision into real life transformative experiences. Her quick wit, likability, and rapport with audiences have made her a favorite at clubs and colleges. Sherlanda opens for National Touring Comics, is a popular feature in Closing Act, and finished in the top five in the first comedy contest she ever entered. Sherlanda started her career in comedy as a New Year's resolution, the only one she ever stuck to, in Raleigh, North Carolina. In 2011, she grew tired of sunshine and warm weather and moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where her performance took flight. She has performed at countless elks, moose, lions, eagles, anything named after an animal, clubs across the upper Midwest. Her goal is to always leave the audience wanting more. She is great for corporate and private parties and has entertained employees from Southwest Airlines. Life Touch and Duke Medical Center. Sherlanda has been honored to entertain our servicemen and women from Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, Fort Bragg, and Andrews Air Force Base. Her inviting style can warm even the chilliest audiences. In her other life, Sherlanda is a college administrator and she constantly does well with college audiences. Because her act is all ages welcome, Sherlanda is also great for cooperation, churches, and family-focused occasions. Thank you, Sherlanda, for joining us today. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. It is my pleasure to be here. You know, I had the great opportunity to watch you work in Hayward, <laughs> and it was so much fun. I Everyone, I brought my elderly mother uh, with me, and it was her first comedy show, and she had laughed <laughs> so hard. Uh, she, awesome. She didn't even know. She didn't even know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, and that's part of the reason, you know. Uh, one of the things that I'm curious about, actually, is. is to learn more a little bit about what led you to this path of comedy. I know you mentioned it as, you know, this type of New Year's resolution, but could you tell us a little bit more? Absolutely, happy to. So with comedy, I have always been told I was funny, but I knew that there was a difference between being funny with your friends and your family and going on a stage with a microphone. And it was one of those things where everyone that you knew, like a Eddie Murphy, an Ellen, a Jerry Seinfeld, they were all famous. And so it felt like, oh, in order to do that, you have to be famous. How do you do that? Like, it, it almost felt like, well, that's not real. Because <laughs> that's, you know, that's something for a chosen few, not knowing that being young and not knowing there's comedy clubs and all of those types of things. So it just became something that I sort of tucked away. I remember the first time if I could think back to performing was probably in uh, Mr. Burns's Algebra 2 class. <laughs> we had study hall. And one day I just got on this riff 
about not getting enough allowance for my parents. <laughs> and my classmates were like, you should be a comedian. And I said, mm, I don't know about that. I'm going to get a real job. <laughs> and so, because again, not really, not really knowing. And you fast forward some years and I just happened to be looking on Craigslist where they have classes that you can take. And I see this ad and it said, hey, have people always told you you were funny? I was like, yes. <laughs> have you always wanted to be a comic? And I said, yes. And it was essentially come take this six week course and we'll teach you all the basics. And that's when I discovered that there was this whole world of comedy. There were books that helped you structure joke writing, all of that good stuff. So I took the course, Our we had a graduation which was actually a little show and it went well we invited you know friends and family and the the person who was running it was a comic he did corporate comedy for a living and he actually pulled me aside and he said you need to start going to clubs and I said uh he said yeah you you need to you need to see what you can do with this and so I made a new year's resolution <laughs> and I went on the last open mic day in January and the rest is history. No, and I think this is, I, I think this is amazing, you know, being able to, you know, reflect on that path, you know, that we, you know, that you've taken. And I, and what's interesting is that you brought up, you know, the idea of, well, you know, maybe I'm not so fun or maybe uh, that's like for, that's not a real job. You know, like when you're younger, you, you say, okay, right. Maybe uh, I didn't know you could, you know, make a living off of this, you know, this part of, you know, what you've done. So in regards to, you know, the earlier part, I mean, what types of information were available for, you know, comics, like, you know, earlier on in, in your career? So once I started sort of discovering the world of comedy, it really, I think it boils down to finding places where you can perform <laughs> and starting to build that network. And the other piece is learning how to write really good jokes. And there are some really great books. One of my favorites, it's called The Comedy Bible. And the writer, she actually breaks down how to write them and how they're structured. And part of what she will do is she will take parts of very famous people, like their uh, stand-up specials and break down how they got that formula to be so funny. And it was just really helpful to see that. So I, when I think about resources, I think about where can you go to perform? Even if you're in a small town, there might be a restaurant or a bowling alley somewhere that has an open mic night. Because if it's open mic, doesn't necessarily have to be comedy. Some people might be playing music. Get in there. I always tell people, get five minutes, get comfortable with about five minutes and see where it goes from there. But I think it begins with writing and making a commitment to go and try it. Because it can be scary but you can do it. You can do scary things. It's okay. No. And I think this is, this is really great advice too, you know, because a lot of the time when we go into, you know, these uh, places where it's a little uncomfortable, right. You know, like yes. I'm going to be in front of a group of people and they're going to judge me and maybe they might like me or throw tomatoes at me. <laughs> 
how how did you how did you overcome that you know that fear or that you had i think that a healthy amount of being nervous can actually serve you well so what i say to folks is use it to kind of keep you sharp because you are performing like this is this is work and so even when you because a, a lot of our reference points as comics are professional comics that you see on tv and it's important to understand that a lot of them this is 10 15 20 plus years of experience that you're seeing. So as someone who has about 15 minutes of experience there, you just give yourself some leeway there. But I, I think one of the things to just kind of keep in mind is believe in yourself, know that the audience also wants to have a good time. They really do. They want to have fun. They want to have a good time. And at the end of the day, you won't see them again. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a room full of strangers. And you did something that if someone is mocking or doing something that most people aren't brave enough to do. So it's okay. And I say, try it at least three times to see how it goes. And I think that's a great number because a lot of the time, you know, when we start something one time and it's a little hard, <laughs> we, we kind of get deterred by it and say, yes. Well, mm. But then I think, you know, the more comfort that one gets, you know, as they, they keep trying, you know, these things, I, I think that's a really great way to kind of warm oneself into, you know, this territory that can be unfamiliar. Yes. So, and I and once once you start doing it, what happens is it opens up your world and you can start meeting other comics, finding out, you know, a lot of this depends on the size city or town you live in. But you'll find out about other open mics and you start building that community. And it's a it's a fun, interesting, uh, off the wall, <laughs> amazing community to be a part of. No, and I think that's great. And, you know, in regards to being able to, you know, find these treasures and, you know, I feel like living the lived life, you know, being able to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, see how it works. And I know uh, with what you mentioned earlier, actually, I'd like to, for you to talk a little bit more about this. You know, when people say, oh, you're funny. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Okay, that's great. I mean, there's, you know, some people who are just naturally funny, but could you go more into, you know, the details or like the dirty details of, you know, making good jokes and how those jokes can resonate with people or kind of make people angry? Understood. Yes. So when let's say, and I, I think when we talk about artistry, it could apply to a lot of different genres. So if someone spots a natural talent in you, it is how do you take that to the next level? So for me, one of the things that I realized again with comedy was being funny for your friends or being funny for your family. Number one, they understand the context of what you're talking about. Because we've all been in a situation where someone's like, oh, 
this weekend, I have this really funny story and it's just, it's great. It's hilarious. And they go through the story and you're sort of like, huh? And you know, they'll end it with the that famous line, oh, I guess you had to be there. Because someone <laughs> who was there and understands the little reference points, that's one thing for them to, to love it. It's almost, can you tell the same story to people who have no context, they don't know you, they don't like you? <laughs> how, how do you do that? And that really comes down to good structure for for the joke and, and bringing people in so they feel as if they can picture themselves there. They are a part of what happened. For example, in my act, I tell a story about the first time I went out to the cabin, <laughs> cabin country in Minnesota. And I tell this, this whole story. Everyone who is in that room, the way that I tell that story could picture what happens. And so it's in many ways, you need to bring people along with you. And that's so those are some of those subtle differences between being funny or artistic or whatever your gift is with people who know you and care about you and with the, the general public. And it's really thinking of, okay, if I were to do this for a job, if I want to make people entertain and make them laugh as a job, how would I do this? How would I approach that? And that's that's when you begin to say, okay, so I need, I know I have some natural energy. I have, maybe I have some stage presence. I have a unique point of view. I just want to tell people what's on my mind, whatever it is, it is how do I take that and then turn it into something? And that's where going to that open mic meeting other comics, maybe picking up a book, something like that will help you start to put those pieces together. No, I, and I think this is really great advice too, just because of the fact that, you know, a lot of time people think, oh, they're telling really great jokes. <laughs> oh, they're, they're just hilarious. Like, you know, that's it. But whereas in actuality, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into the process. I mean, you know, when you talk about this idea of structure, you know, you're talking about this idea of your audience. And, and I can only imagine, too, it's also about the language that you use with your audience. I mean, how, how, how do you compute all of that, you know, together in regards to being able to, you know, structure, you know, your your act? Wonderful, wonderful question. So one of the things when we talk about structure is every joke that you hear has two basic parts, which is a setup <laughs> and a punchline, which is so the setup and a punchline. And then a really good joke actually has what we would call a setup, a punchline and a tag. And a tag is a kind of referencing and, and going back to maybe what you said at the beginning. But when you're you're thinking through okay so how do i how do i make this happen put things together let's see i'm trying to think of the 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 best way that i describe comedy is it is an art and a science and there's a lot of science to it for example Every comic that I know when we walk into a room and see the stage where we're performing, one of the things that we always want is get people close together and get them close to the stage. Now you might say, really? What? Like, 
what does that make a difference? It makes such a difference because there's something about like one, the lights need to be down. People need to be close together. People need to be close to the stage because there's almost a feeling of people needing permission to laugh. So if they're more spread out, then it it starts, it makes it a little bit more difficult. And every comic will also tell you that front row, which I know a lot of people are scared to sit on the front row because they think someone's going to tease them and do things like that. For the most part, people really don't, that kind of mean comedy, I'm going to come after you type of thing isn't it's, it's mostly a thing of the past, but having people on that front row is so essential because it's almost like the laughter is a energy and a wave. And if you don't have that front row, it's like the jokes do this. Oh <laughs> and if you gosh. do, it, it waves and it goes through the audience. And if that front row isn't there, like sometimes I've had shows where there weren't people in the front. I have literally performed almost leaning off the stage. Like I get as close to whatever the next front row is that I can get because that proximity up and I, <laughs> yes, like say there's no front row. Here I come, here I come. <laughs> I'm going to get close to you because there, there is, there's a, a science to that. So there's a science to how the room is set up. There's a science to like lighting being a certain way of folks being warmed up and feeling like they have permission to laugh. That's why it's in different settings, you know, a comedy club versus a corporate setting where you need to be more safe because <laughs> they're thinking, oh, can I laugh at this? Because HR is looking at me, HR is looking at me. So I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to get anybody in trouble. So it is, it's been such a wonderful adventure learning that. And just learning, seeing those things and a lot of what happens with any, um, any profession, as you know, is you notice these things and you pick up these things over time. And I just, I just love learning it. And I also, to anybody who might be aspiring with comedy, it is, again, that give, give it three times and also give a joke a couple of times to see if it works because is sometimes it could be as little as a slight pause before you say a certain word. So one of the, you know, in comedy, we record our sets. So we will either record it on the phone so we can play it back and hear what happens because sometimes how we're perceiving it and how the audience is actually reacting could be a little bit different. And you also don't want to miss something where you change a joke just a little bit and it goes from funny to hilarious. And that happens all the time. Like there's jokes that as I got further into my career, I would know it's like, this joke is funny. Not yet. I don't know how to, but I don't know how to tell it yet. So I'm just going to keep tweaking it until I get it to be where it needs to be. And that's the super fun part. And it, I mean, and it's also a process because, you know, when you think about these, these, you know, things, you know, the idea of recording yourself, the idea of, you know, taking notes, um, really adjusting, tweaking the jokes in a way that, you know, when you think about your timing, you think about, you know, these, all of these other elements that, you know, sometimes you, you wouldn't think about, you know, because of the fact that, you know, a lot of time the audience is just sitting there like, wow, this is like really <laughs> 
Great. Whoa. You know, but really, you know, having that type of awareness too, you know, when you think about all of these elements of what makes a good show or what makes a good segment, you know, what makes people mm -hmm. feel connected to you, even though, you know, you may not know who they are, they may not know who you are, but at the same time, you know, being able to share in that experience of laughter. I mean, I think that's fascinating. You know, it, it is pretty wonderful. And one of the things for me is when if, if you think about getting nervous, one of a, a technique and again, another thing about getting involved in the comedy community is you'll start meeting comics who have been there and been doing it for a long time. And there's just so much wisdom to gain is a comic once shared whenever I get nervous or I get super nervous. I take the focus off of myself like, oh, I want it because of course you're like, I want to do well. I want this to go well. And he's like, I redirect that to the audience and just say, I want them to have a good time. I want them to have fun. And so that's another thing that I do is, is I want all of us to have a lovely evening. Like if you're going to come out sitter and get tickets it's like let's have a good time together and by putting the focus on them instead of how will I do it really does shift it and make it makes it so much more manageable and just a great experience and that's in comedy is to we always say you never take an audience for granted because you don't, <laughs> sometimes you think, oh, they're, they're hot. This is going to be great. Or, oh, I'm not, they're, they're sort of quiet. How is this going to go? I'm not sure. Or you look and you're like, oh, this audience is more mature. They're younger. And how you, you just don't know until you are up there. And that is part of your job. Part of your job is to make them feel comfortable, to show them a good time and to bring them along for this fun journey. No, and I and I think, you know, with that type of mindset, I know a lot of the time, you know, even as a musician, uh, I I play the clarinet and I also uh, oh. do acting and things like that. I, I know for a fact that sometimes, you know, we get so caught up, you know, at least as musicians in the sense that, oh, you know, I have to be able to present the best, you know, of myself. Whereas in actuality, it's not about us at the end, you know, it's about, it's about them. It's about you know, the people that, you know, we share, you know, and I think that's really great. You know, the idea of, you know, the mindset, you know, playing a role and not, you know, eliminating that fear factor, you know? <laughs> yes. Or at least trying to rein it in. I always say practice is for us. When we're practicing, when we're going through it in our heads, when we're writing stuff down, that is for us. But if we are there, in a, a, this again, this is a professional setting. You're a professional. You are you're doing your job, and your job is to entertain. For sure, and I think that's I think that's something you know really important for you know uh, our audience to know is like, you know, even though you may be in a situation where you're uncomfortable that you know we have that agency we have the power to be able to you know shift dynamics to be able to you know i guess you could say move waters uh to to be able to say okay you know if i can if this person can do this if i can then i can do this and being able to feel empowered in that sense that you know whether it's the five minutes of open mic night or you know you're doing a complete segment 
or even a complete show that, you know, being able to be mindful of the audience is so important. Now, that said, I want to talk about, you know, you talk about this life of being a college administrator. How do you feel that complements uh, what you do as a comedian? It is, it's adding comedy has been one of the great gifts of my life. And I think it's because it complements what I do working with college students. What I tell people is I went to college and never left because it's, it's sort of true. <laughs> I, I went, I got involved as an undergrad. I actually lived on campus because I was a housing person. So those of you who like lived in the dorms back in the day, remember the RA and then there was like a resident director, that was me. So I lived on campus with the students for 13 years. And so, a lot, yes, very, um, actually when I moved to Minnesota was the first time in my life I had paid rent. It is terrible, zero stars, do not recommend. I'm still trying to figure out how to get back on campus. But I think that a lot of what I did in that position is when you educate, if you want those lessons to really sit, you do do it in a way that's dynamic. And so when you think about training, when I think about the, the number of times that I have sat in front of, whether it's a group of resident advisors, whether it is a group of students, there already is this natural element of, okay, I like a comic, it's like, I have an agenda. This is what I want to share. How can I do that in a way that is memorable, that they will take something away from it, and that hopefully, you know, they will they will think of me, and when they see me doing something else, they will come back because they're like, oh, I remember that lady. That was give her another chance. And so in a lot of ways, it was just naturally built in. And one of, of course, my favorite audiences are sort of your traditional age college students. I, I get them and I think that they get me. And so comedy complements what I do because it gives me another way for that creativity to kind of be out there. No, and I think that's amazing. You know, when we think about the idea of education, uh, because of the fact that, you know, to be, you know, dynamic, to be engaging, uh, to be aware, I think it's also that level of awareness, you know, that, that you have, not only just for, you know, your audience, but also for, you know, the students, because you want them to be able to, you know, hear the words that you have to say, you know, the yes. message that you want to convey and being able to, you know, um, even poke a little fun at the topic, you know, <laughs> you know, absolutely, you know, without, you know, without, you know, being malicious about it, but at the same time, you know, being able to reach out to people in that way. And I know, like, for example, I, I have a lot of colleagues who are, you know, really smart people who are like intelligent, who really know their stuff, but at the same time, you know, being able to like communicate, to be able to reach out to that person, not even just hearing them, but, you know, to their soul and being able to like show the value of, you know, what you have to offer. I think that's really great. So like in regards to being able to combine those elements with like education and humor, 
what have you seen uh, in regards to you know your students, the students that you work with, um, in their in their growth and development? I think that using humor, of course, appropriately, is something that one helps drive home lessons, and it can be really helpful in the more tense conversations or things that sort of make us uncomfortable. And so in the way that comedy sort of goes to the places we're not allowed to, which is something that I love, I think with education, especially with what we're hoping students will be accepting of diversity, that they will be growing themselves, like who they show up as a 17, 18 year old and who they leave as, as a 22, 23 year old. Hopefully there's been this because they took organic chemistry, but because they met different people that they had experiences that they never really thought about. Like it's such a special time. And so when I think of how you combine the two is I know, number one, I'm competing with a lot of different voices. And number two, I know that what I have to share with them is valuable. So how do I do that in a way <laughs> that meets my objectives and, and helps them remember? And I just, you know, and sometimes, especially, you know, I do did you know, lots of presentations and I just remember some students coming and they're like, yeah, you know, Sharonda, it's like you said, but, and I, I was like, what? <laughs> You're listening? <laughs> you are listening. And they're like, yeah, we're lit. Cause some, you, you, you don't know. <laughs> and I say that when I say like, never take an audience for granted, because sometimes during shows, I have had shows where the audience has been pretty quiet. And that can rattle a lot of, of, a lot of people. And what I have found is sometimes after the show, people will come up and they're like, I had a great time. It was wonderful. It doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. It's just maybe people didn't feel permission. Maybe they were tired. But the like the number of shows I've had where people were quiet and then they come back and say, "And I had such I had such a good time. So good to see." Just never know. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, with you know the idea of having a good time. You know, people always feel that in order to demonstrate, you know, that the joke worked, you know, we, we have to laugh. But sometimes, you know, it's with, with, with what you mentioned, you know, the idea that the audience is, you know, just really just taking it all in, you know, all, you know, in their insides, you know, in their organs and, you know, what have you, and being able to like actually appreciate the humor and, you know, you know, the content of, you know, what you, you're, you know, sharing with them. And it's yes, because it's like, you know, I, you know, just talking to you about this, like, I see so many parallels, you know, in regards to, you know, what I do as a musician and, you know, being able to, you know, that planning, you know, that you know, meticulous planning that no one sees, no one sees that. Correct. And no one, <laughs> you know, and sometimes I'm, you know, I, I'm sure you, you can relate the idea that you do know that it you know, to, you know, it does take effort and it does take thought that sometimes people take for granted. 
and what I liked about what you said is the fact that, you know, your students remember the things that you, you know, you say. And I know, like, also as a teacher, you know, uh, Christine, quote, unquote, this is what you said. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. are you keeping a notebook on this? Yes, uh, you had mentioned this on this date. Yes. They, they truly, they truly are paying attention and that's such a gift. And so, and I, and I think about the fact that with my comedy, just like when I'm with students, the things that I'm sharing are important. You know, as you saw, when you saw my act, I talk about tough things. Like I talk about being new to a place and what it's like to adjust to that. I talk about race you know, like all of those things, in a, and I always want to do it in a way that people leave thinking like, oh, okay. And I've, you know, I've, I've had folks come back and say, you know, they'll quote some part of what I've said. And that's, it also just reminds me of how powerful this medium can be because people will take things away. So it's, it makes me really aware of what is the message that I want to share with my audience. Very important. No, for sure. And it's one of those things too, with what you mentioned in your, your segment, those are things that people relate to, you know, you know, being the new person, you know, or, you know, just being somewhere that's different, that's not, you know, what you're not used to. And I could definitely relate, you know, a lot of the time with traveling a lot, you're just always kind of looking around and trying to see, oh, okay, right, so here I am. How did I get here? <laughs> you know, type of thing. <laughs> but, you know, but being able to, you know, take those, you know, moments, you know, you mentioned the idea of race, um, you know, the, you know, being able to take the things that you experience and, and being able to share that with people, you know, in, in a way that, you know, they listen, but also too, they do take time to think about it afterwards. How do you, how do you shape those, you know, those jokes around like what you, you know, what your experiences are? It is a bit of physical writing because there are times most comics will tell you some people will will uh, type in their phones but i usually will have some random piece of paper at all times because a lot of ideas or thoughts come you might be having lunch with friends and there's just something that occurs to you and you're like i need to i be able to do something with this and you kind of take a little note down or you said something that turned out to be your intention wasn't like I'm going to be funny right now it just turns out that there was a certain situation or a certain turn of phrase that happened that you're like okay I uh oh this is really interesting just for reference point uh you can uh go to my website to see I have a, a whole segment on being new to Minnesota I uh, moved transplant to Minnesota from the South. And I spent some time just talking about being a newcomer and what that experience was like and all of those types of things. And so when, you know, I'm thinking through how to do this, it is a combination of intentional writing. It is getting inspired. I've had a number, I have a couple of friends that for whatever reason, I they bring out the funny 
<laughs> and so sometimes <laughs> it's just hanging out with some particular friends and something out, you know, I'll just start talking and it's like, wait, I can do something with this. So it's, it's a combination of, of a lot of different things. No, and, and I think this is really amazing, you know, and especially, you know, the idea of being inspired and what does that look like? And, you know, the, you know, having bunches of papers, like small pieces of paper, napkins, you know, I can I can only imagine, you know, what, what it looks like in your office, you know, with like all of these, you know, jokes, you know, collected to one another and, you know, you're just trying to map them out and, you know, uh, seeing what works and what doesn't work. I can I can only imagine the process. Uh, so one of the things that I, I wanted to ask is, you know, when you when you think about, you know, these, you know, types of experiences, you know, the idea of what comedy means. And now I hope I think I mean, this was extremely informative, you know, the the idea of, you know, being able to, you know, go out, be fearless, you know, take risks you know um if you're funny great if you if you're tired you know if you're tired how the different aspects of how the audience may feel you know around you depending on the time of the day of giving the joke you know, <laughs> yes. the play, right like <laughs> like it's like hey you guys i'm really funny like <laughs> after 9 a.m <laughs> right yes. or, or, and i can get really annoying after 9 p.m <laughs> right <laughs> so <laughs> No, but no, but I think this is valuable too. And also too, you know, the idea of digital platforms, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you also have a website that also has uh, links to different videos. How, how valuable do you think this is for, you know, uh, young professionals or even professionals who are already in the field? Yes, it is having some sort of web presence is critical and it doesn't have to be anything terribly fancy, but it should look, look nice, look clean, be easy to find. One of the things that I would recommend is make it either your name, one, because if you happen to become more known, <laughs> you you want to be able to, to have that domain in your name, rather than making it something like shellfish is my friend, like, or a catchphrase, like, just, just make it your name, because that catchphrase, you might use that for one year, and then you've moved on, and you've invested all of this in the website, but there are a lot of places who might be interested in booking you, and that's why it's good to have a place where you can point and say, here it is, I'm a real person, and make sure that you have a good five to ten minute clean <laughs> clip <laughs> um, up there for, for folks to see. No, for sure. And I think, you know, this, I mean, this is all really great advice because a lot of the time, you know, uh, I mean, you, you, you work with students and I, I work with students too. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, it's a matter of being able to teach them how to exist in today's society. Right. Yes. Um, I don't know about and you, but one I, of the, the, Oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> One no, of the okay. things, even before social media sort of took off the way that it has, is we knew about, or I could see how your web presence was going to play out for students. Mm 
And so I used to do trainings where I talked to them, uh, particularly for student staff, and I would say, hey, so here's the thing. I'm not going on your Facebook page or anything like that, seeing what you're up to because I don't have the time or energy. However, what you do and how you behave is going to possibly have ramifications because someone might send me a photograph. And if I see you in a photograph where you're holding a red solo cup and there's some ping pong balls and you're wearing a shirt that says, I love cocaine, your job might be in jeopardy. <laughs> but your job <laughs> might be in jeopardy because then I'm going to have to act. And you would see people, and I would always use a kind of extreme example, like the I love cocaine shirt, because I wanted them to remember that. And I, but I also wanted them to hear like, oh yeah, that is, that's important. And it's not just, I'm trying to get you or I'm trying to just, you know, kill your buzz and not have, but not let you have a good time, but really of showing them, these are some of the ramifications that come from our behavior that might be completely unintentional, but still happens. Yeah, and I and, and it's so I I know I'm I'm so sorry I didn't mean to laugh. It's just after. Oh no, said, I'm glad you laughed. After you said I I love cocaine, I just it, it <laughs> kind of came out you know naturally. <laughs> You know, but I mean, but that's the thing, you know, those types of, you know, when you paint images like that for students or even just for people, they they're like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Or, you know, the mm -hmm. one that that plants that popular plants that. Yes. <laughs> becoming very popular, uh, you know, uh, among. Indeed. Among many people um you know i mean i think our audience kind of gets a hint at what it is yes they do it's like you know that plant with the different you know snoop wears it a lot seth rogan legal in some places not legal in others that you know, one. yeah you know that one you know like you, you can water it sometimes Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different things you could do with it you could even cook with it you know uh <laughs> cook, make clothes do all sorts of stuff yes yeah no for sure no but i no but this is i mean but that's the thing you know you 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 talk about this idea of you know making sure that also too you know n not only ramifications of behavior but also you know preparing them for what you know what they're going to expect and i know for a fact that you know i've been very blessed at least um in my training that i've worked with many great you know teachers maestros you know what have you but you know the thing is i never got at least when i was like 18 19 you know that advice of like okay these are things that you should be thinking about now and then when you get to the point as you go through your education that this is what needs to happen, you know, like, you know, setting, you know, biographies, writing a CV. I mean, you, mm -hmm. know, you know, creating that type of portfolio, especially if you're in a creative career or, you know, for example, comedy, music, theater, you know, like all of those aspects. What would you encourage, let's say, other professionals who are in, you know, higher education, you know, how they can better guide, you know, you know, young, young professionals aspiring, you know, in the field. Oh, for that is fantastic. I think 
one of the things I would say is if you're going to work in higher education, make sure that you like college students because you would be disturbed at the number of people who kind of see students as a byproduct or they're sort of there. It's like you, you need to kind of really like college students in order to be successful in higher education. So that's one. <laughs> the other piece would be to, I think, really think through what is it that you have that you can share and also making sure that you set boundaries because I was a housing person. I lived where I worked. So in some ways I could be working all the time. And so I actually set up routines where I would go to the gym and I would go to the gym off campus, even though we had one on campus because I needed something in my life that wasn't, you know, living on campus, driving on campus, eating on campus. It's like, I need some things outside of here. And so how do I make sure that I carve those things out? So for folks who are in higher education, like college students, find a place where you feel that your gifts and talents really kind of pop. That's the, the beauty of higher education is there's so many colleges and universities of finding your fit and really of paying attention to today's students and what it is that they need. Because even when we think they might not be listening or really paying attention, you just, you just don't know. And the beauty of my being in education for a couple of decades now is I stayed in it long enough to see people come back and see that maturity where I would run into former student members who are now professionals in the field. And they would say, they would introduce me to their staff and they're like, she taught me everything I know. She's the reason why I do the things that I do. And you're like, oh my gosh, like you, you really get to see. And one of my favorite uh, memories is being at a conference and with some former students who are now grown up professionals out there working. And as we're having dinner, someone said something provocative. And as I was about to respond, my former student took the words out of my mouth and, and just articulated this beautiful way for them to rethink what they were saying. And I turned to her and I said, you have grown up. And she said, yes, I have. I understand now. I get it now. And that is the, the beauty of what we're doing is it really is sinking in, even if we don't think. And that's why it's so important that what we say on stage, what we say to people, the message that we give out, it is critical because they, they are listening, even if they aren't listening. No, and I think this is, uh, Shalanda, I think this is really great advice. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're going to leave it on that note. Uh, I, first of all, uh, thank you for joining us today and for sharing your experience and thoughts with us. We look forward to seeing the amazing things that you continue to do for our community. Thank you so much. It has been my absolute pleasure and um, happy to come back, happy to talk more. If anyone out there is, 
interested in higher ed, if you're a college student and you're like, I need some good advice, shalondasharp.com, come, let's talk. Happy to do that. And it's so honored that you had me on your show. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show by listening and sharing with your friends. If you liked this podcast, please rate and write a review of how the show has helped you. This will help us be able to increase our visibility nationally and in being able to make an impact on the profession. If you would like to hear more about any specific topics, please email us at info at themodernartistproject.com. I would love to help support your community in all artistic disciplines. Thank you.